1 Thessalonians chapter 5 this morning. I decided to hold off on concluding our uh, series on Philippians till next week. Uh, I think it's a good start of the year passage that we'll be looking at to close out Philippians. So we're going to hold that till next week. So today we'll be in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I come to the end of a, of a year, uh, a new year, and uh, end of a year heading into the new year, I kind of think back on things throughout the year, and it kind of, it, it always kind of brings me to a point of gratitude, uh, thanking the Lord for all that He's done, and uh, being amazed that we survived in a, another year, and, and, uh, and we're still here. And so I'm excited about that as well, and, and in, in kind of that mindset, it brings us to a, a verse in First Thessalonians that I think is good for us to think of as we close out one year and get ready to start a new year. And that's verse number 18, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 18. The Bible says, "...and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." Again, it says, "...and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." You know, we talk about the will of God. And I think I've shared uh, several times that I don't know the exact will of God as far as long, big picture kind of stuff for you. But we all know that the basics of uh, the will of God is just simple obedience, daily obedience, doing the things that on a regular basis He's already asked us to do. And, uh, and so in doing so, one of those things is, is this, in giving thanks in all things. As it says even directly in the verse, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's a simple way to do God's will uh, and just to do the things that God's asked us to do. So let's pray and we'll ask for the Lord's help this morning. God, we do thank you for allowing us to come in this morning and uh, to take a little bit of time to look into your word. And I pray that we learn from it today. I pray that we would grow from it today. And God, I do pray that you would allow us to give us something fresh. Um, it's a simple verse. It's a simple thought. But God, I pray that you'd help us to just uh, uh, grow from it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, to be in God's will, you must be living every moment in thanks to God. Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. So not just a... Uh, um, uh, giving thanks in your heart, although that's important and it's, it's, it's really easy to do, but also actually sharing praise of God outwardly as well, telling other people uh, that you're thankful for God. I think of Dave Ramsey when uh, people call into his show and they ask him, uh, hey Dave, how you doing? What does he always say? Better than I deserve. Uh, it's a simple way of just giving a little bit of praise, understanding that uh, God is blessed in different ways as well. There is the Archbishop of Can uh, Constantinople. He was put in exile. He was persecuted and eventually died in a very miserable condition. Yet he wrote, glory to God for all things. I think of people like this Archbishop. I think of others throughout time who seem to, even in their last moments understand that God should be glorified in all things, that in everything that's happened to them and even in their struggles, that God has blessed them uh, beyond measure. And uh, so I started thinking about what are things that maybe uh, keep us from giving thanks. It's a simple uh, truth and a thought to say, well, we should always give thanks. We should always be thankful. 
We should always have a praise for God because God is always good. But then to think on the opposite side of that is what are the things that keep us from doing that? Because we would all say we're supposed to do this because the Bible tells us to, uh, but yet still it seems like there are days, uh, maybe weeks, maybe months, in which we refuse to give thanks to God in all things. And uh, so I've just got a couple things for us, four things today uh, that keep us from giving thanks in all things. Number one this morning I want us to see is bitterness. Bitterness. And uh, we're going to jump around to a few different verses today, but if you want to flip with me, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, just a few pages over. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 31, towards the end of the, uh, the chapter, actually we'll start in verse 30, it says, uh, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speakings be put away from you with all malice. The importance here, and one of the things mentioned in this list, is bitterness, to put it away, to get rid of it, to not let it stick around at all. In Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible says, Looking diligently, lest any man fall, uh, fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness is an area in which Christians oftentimes allow to uh, infest their life, and then because of that, they're unable to give thanks the way that they're supposed to. Because they have this bitterness that, as Hebrews says, uh, springs up and troubles you. Uh, it takes hold of your life. It, it does not allow you to give, to be grateful, to be thankful for things because you're so stuck on this bitterness that you have in your life. Why do we get bitter? We get bitter, one reason why is because we feel others have more than us. Uh, we look around and we see someone else in their life and we see what we think are blessings. And, uh, and so we feel like they have things that maybe we deserve. Things that maybe uh, we should have. Maybe, maybe they have it better off than we think we do. And we allow to get bitter then over things that, that hold on to us because of something that really we can't control. And uh, we get mad at other people and we get angry at other people because we feel like they have something that we deserve. They've got more than us or whatever it may be there. Then there's another reason too is we feel that they owe, owe us something. Uh, they owe us an apology. They owe us money, they owe us time, they owe us uh, compassion, they owe us whatever it may be, and, uh, and yet we, we get bitter because of those feelings that we have, that they owe us something. Uh, in verse 32 there in, in, in Ephesians 4, it says, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. It seems like a lot of this is tied to unforgiveness, bitterness is oftentimes tied to unforgiveness. When we don't forgive as God forgives us, we start to, to have these feelings in verse 31, the bitterness, the wrath, the anger, the clamor, the evil speakings. It seems to all be tied to the fact that, 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 that there's unforgiveness within our heart. That we are not letting go of something. We are not forgiving someone else. You know, you can forgive someone without them asking you to. Um, a lot of times we kind of have this mindset that, uh, well, once they ask, once they say they're sorry, then I'll forgive them. Well, that's not the way we're supposed to do it. Now, if we're the offender, we should go and ask uh, for forgiveness. But uh, as the person who is there to forgive, 
We don't have to wait for them to ask for forgiveness. You know, forgiving someone frees up an area in your life, uh, an area in your heart, in your mind uh, that is so freeing uh, that will just allow you to live a life that is much more pleasant than one and where you're holding on to something and where you're holding on to bitterness within your heart. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but a lot of times the people that we're angry with don't even know we're angry with them. There are times, obviously, they do. Uh, many times, there are people who, in which we are angry and bitter about, and they don't even have a clue that they ever did anything to offend you, uh, to hurt you, uh, anything like that. Sometimes it's just out of pure ignorance uh, that they said something or did something. Uh, sometimes it's part of their personality that they said something or did something, and you're sitting there going, well, that was mean. Uh, that's probably the thing I hear the most about as a pastor is uh, is someone or you or whatever said this and I'm hurt and uh, and and oftentimes if it's not if they're not coming to me about me and they're telling me someone else said something uh, I usually try to diffuse it by well first of all they probably didn't mean the way that you took it Uh, they didn't realize that they were coming across that way whatever it may be but you still need to forgive them and, uh, and, and there's times where they need to go and approach the person and conf- I say confront, that sounds like a bad word, but it's not. Go confront the situation and uh, just let them know, hey, just so you know, you said this, you know, and it, it, I really took that painfully. It hurt, hurt me uh, when you said this or how you said this, whatever it may be. But then instead of holding on to bitterness, holding on to that anger, holding on to that unforgiveness, we ought to just let it all go. Forgive. Um, sometimes, you know, I've, I've met people who will go up to someone and say, just so you know, I forgive you. And uh, the person's going, wait, what? What did, what did you forgive me from? I'm not sure what I did wrong. And that, the person who was doing the so-called forgiving uh, was trying to make a point, uh, trying to let them know, hey, I'm the, I'm the, bigger, the bigger man here. Uh, I'm the better person here. I forgive you. And the person's going, okay, thank you. Um, you know, I'm not sure what I did. Uh, and they're still holding on to that bitterness because their forgiveness is not legit. It's not real. It's not uh, true. It is a proving of a point. Uh, I encourage you to not hold on to bitterness. Uh, if you need to go talk to someone and let them know, hey, I, I've, I've really held on to this for a long time. You really hurt me. Um, but go knowing that even if they don't apologize, you still have to forgive. And uh, even if they come back at you, well, that's not what I did, or that's not what I said, which happens a lot, um, then you just say, you know, it doesn't matter. I just wanted to make sure you understood. Um, and then you walk away and go to the God, forgive them, and, and move on with life. Live a, a thankful life, a, a life that you can give thanks in all things. You won't be able to do that if you're holding on to bitterness. Number two this morning, another thing that keeps us from giving thanks in all things is pride. Pride. Uh, you want to flip with me? Let's see here. Uh, I've got it typed out, so I'll just read it to you. Proverbs twenty nine twenty three. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. We've talked a lot about humility in our in our Philippians study and the importance of 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 lowering yourself in your own eyes, being humble. God says that pride will bring him low. Pride will make you low. It'll it'll humble you in its own time, in its own way. And it'll be a a humbling that will not be pleasant. Yet a person who is already humble in spirit, honor will uphold them. 
I, it's amazing when I meet a humble person. It's pretty easy to tell. Most people, not all, but most people have a, uh, a feeling about themselves that, that is naturally prideful. Uh, you know, it's just the, the way it works. But there are those people in life that you meet that you just know from the get-go, man, this person is, is very humble. We've had some missionaries come through that way where you think, man, that person... They just won't say a single nice thing about themselves. You give them any kind of credit and they pass it on to somebody else. Uh, and those kinds of people, they're annoying. Uh, but uh, humility is a good thing. And through your humbleness, honor will uphold you. Uh, we can't thank God when we think that we are responsible for the things that we have. That's what pride ultimately is. Look at me. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Look what I earned. Look what I whatever. But we cannot do that when we think that we're responsible for what it is. Luke 18, 11 says, The Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners and unjust and adulterers, even as, as this publican. He points out a specific person. He's sitting there praying out loud and he says to God, I'm sure thankful that I am awesome. I'm so happy, God, that I'm not like all these other people, the extortioners and the unjust and the adulterers, or even as this guy over here. <laughs> He's pointing and, and everyone's looking going, oh man, uh, that's interesting. It's a prideful spirit. You know, Christ says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. It's humility versus pride. Satan kept himself uh, from thanking God because of his pride. Isaiah tells us in chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, speaking of Lucifer, of Satan, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Very few of us Christians will ever come to the point where we say, I will be higher than God. I will be like God. We would never say that out loud. But oftentimes the way that we act, the way that we respond to people, we have a pride and an, and an arrogance about us where we feel like we are way up there. You see some of the, the conversations with the disciples trying to figure out who's going to sit on the right hand of God. Even one of the disciples' mothers got involved uh, and came and talked to Jesus. That tells you mothers haven't changed much over the years. Uh, hey, Jesus, uh, you know, my boys, boy, they're really special. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and it's this pride that builds up within us where we feel like we are higher than we actually are, where we get to this point where, where we feel like we are responsible for all the good things in our lives. Yet the Bible tells us that every good gift is from God. The Bible tells us that our Father watches over us, protects us, provides for us, gives us talents and abilities, gives us personalities, uh, gives us a church to go to and be involved in, gives us opportunities to serve as Christ served. And yet here we sit, look at me, I'm so special. When I'm taking credit for the things in my life, it's going to be very, very, very hard for me to give God thanks for those things. Because I think it's all about me. 
And so it will keep me from giving thanks in all things. The first thing is bitterness. The second thing is pride. The third thing is worry. We looked at this in Philippians chapter 4 uh, last uh, two weeks ago, I guess it was. But the familiar verse, Philippians 4 verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We see the importance of not uh, worrying. There's a difference between worry and care. There are things that we care about. Children, loved ones, friends. Uh, you're going through hardships, going through uh, physical difficulties, going through financial problems, going through uh, disasters, whatever it may be. And, uh, and we care about those things. And we pray and we say, God, please provide, please protect, please heal. Uh, all those sorts of things. There's nothing wrong about caring for things, but worrying. That uh, anxiety, that, um, that, that, that caution that causes us to, uh, to be sick to our stomachs, uh, to affect our own physical health, our own emotional health. Those things, God says, you should not be worrying about anything. It's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to sit and just let God have the situation, but that's what we're supposed to do. It says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. In all things, in everything, everything that's going on, why don't you ask God about it? Why are you worried about it? Why are you uh, anxious about it? You should not be. Because at the end of the day, God is sovereign, and God controls all things. You've heard people say, well, if it's my time, it's my time. Uh, typically, they say that when they're, and there's a, I don't know, I've heard it a lot around storms. Well, I'm not going to go down there and hide in the basement and put on my helmet, like the weatherman said. I, if it's my time, it's my time. Um, they say it about other health issues, all these kinds of things. And the reality is, is, is a lot of times, I think we're jealous of people who feel that way. We're like, why do they feel so carefree? Why are they okay if things go poorly, if this doesn't end the way that they want it to, that's because they're being careful for nothing, but in everything, with thanksgiving, going to God with prayer and supplication. God, it's yours. God, take care of me. God, help me. You're not going to praise God when you're full of anxiety. You're not going to praise God when you're full of worry. Uh, it's just not going to happen. While you're praying for your concern, you say, well, what, what can I be thankful for if I'm going through a hardship? If I'm going through a trial, what am I supposed to thank God for? Well, you can thank God for the past, for things He's done in the past. There's always things in the past that you can thank God for. Uh, you can thank God for the present. Well, how am I supposed to do that in the middle of a trial? In the middle of a hardship? Well, thank God for what He's doing for you, for that He's carrying you through. Thank God for the future. For what is to come. Not every time, but often when I pray, I thank God for His answered prayers that will come. Lord, thank you for hearing. And thank you for the answer that you're going to provide. That doesn't necessarily mean He's going to answer it the way that I wanted Him to. But it's, it's me trying to prepare my heart for whatever comes. It's, it's what I do. I don't know if, if you do this or not, but that's how I do it. Lord, thank you for how you're going to answer this request. So then when he answers it, whether it's the way I wanted it or not, I can still say, all right, thank you. It's amazing that the creator of the universe listens to me. 
He cares enough about me to hear what I have to say, to hear my requests, to hear my, my concerns, to hear my problems. I should thank God just for listening. Because no matter how much someone loves you, there's times where they don't listen to you. Right? I've been accused of not listening occasionally in my house. Uh, and I'm assuming everyone has to some degree been accused of not listening. Selective hearing, as we say for the children. God, He's got important things to deal with. And my little, God, can you please help me to get here on time today? Doesn't seem like a big deal to anybody. But God hears it. Uh, if you're going on a trip, I, I always pray about traffic. <laughs> um, safety, of course, as well. You know what? I, it's funny. My grandfather, um, he used to get the best parking spots. I don't know how he did it. Um, well, he prayed about it, weirdly enough. Uh, every time he pulled into the grocery store, it was always one of those like first three spots. And he'd pull in and say, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And as a kid, you're just kind of like, it kind of rolls past you. But then the older you get, you're like, he really does get a good parking spot every time he comes to the store. How does that work? I don't know. Anyways, uh, that has nothing to do with worry. But don't worry. Be careful for nothing. and everything, give thanks. You cannot give thanks in all things if you're worried and anxious. You're going to be uh, controlled by that more so than you are your praise. So don't do those things. Then the last thing I want us to look at this morning is in Psalm 51. So one of my favorite psalms in the Bible, uh, we've looked at it several times. We've looked at it one Wednesday. We've looked at it in other Sundays as well. This is the uh, psalm that David uh, has penned and given to us through inspiration of God when Nathan came to him and confronted him about his sin with Bathsheba. And if, I won't go into great detail this morning, but uh, he had the, committed the sin with Bathsheba, and then after that, he had her husband killed. Uh, he sent him into a part of battle, had everyone else retreat, and he left him there to die. And it's been about a year, as far as we can understand, since the sin was committed, when the prophet Nathan comes to David and shares with him a little story about uh, two neighbors and a wrongdoing with taking the one neighbor's only lamb when this other neighbor had all kinds of sheep and, and he stole and took the one lamb that the neighbor had. And David got upset. And he said, tell me who it is. I'm going to punish him. And Nathan said, David, it's you. You're the man. You're the one that sinned. And David's eyes were open. He realized his... Um, his sin and just how bad it was. And in Psalm 51, we see him writing now his prayer to God. And, and our last point, point number four, by the way, is sin or guilt can keep us from giving praise to God, thanking God in all things. And in verse 50, or Psalm 51, excuse me, we see here David, his prayer. He says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness." According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before thee. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, 
that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me, uh, make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter with snow. This is the verse here, verse 8. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. You can see here in this verse just the, the fact that sin had removed his ability to have joy, his ability to be glad, his ability to give thanks in things, to see the good in things because of the sin and the guilt of that sin that was on his shoulder. He says in verse 9, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Well, what does a right spirit include? It includes joy. It includes thankfulness. It includes praise. He needed something new now, something fresh, a renewing of his life because of what sin had done to him. In verse 12, he says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy spirit. And he says in verse 13, Then will I teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. You see here the praise that can come back when the sin is finally removed. Verse 15, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, meaning religious action, uh, in, in this case literal sacrificing of animals, but a religious action, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings, the sacrifices of God are my broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion, build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of the righteousness, um, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then shalt they offer bullocks upon thine altar. David understood here God isn't desiring his attendance in church as much as he's desiring his heart to be right. And he says, when I am forgiven, now that I'm putting my sin on the table and giving it to God, laying my sin on the altar, so to say, giving my sin to God, saying, God, forgive me. God, as he says it many times throughout the, the first uh, 14 verses here of Psalm 51, God, forgive me. Here's my sin. Here's my iniquity. Uh, purge me. Cleanse me. Turn your face away from my sin. Uh, all these sorts of things, but it's all coming with a, the caveat that when this happens, then I will hear joy, then I will hear gladness, then I will teach, then I will praise you, then my lips and my mouth will show forth thy praise when the sin is finally gone. If you study out the life of David, I believe that you'll find in that year time between his, his sin uh, with Bathsheba and Nathan's confrontation with him, that you'll find physical uh, ailments within David. A very rough stretch. He was, I believe, uh, a grumpy, uh, angry, um, mean, sick, physically sick uh, as well. And all of that happens in a time in which he had committed this, what we would consider right to be a great sin. Multiple. Very, 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 very bad sins. Now, I know every sin's the same in God's eyes. I get that uh, to a degree, but uh, you understand it, right? This is something that, that ruins a testimony. This is something that ruins a life. This is something that took a life. This is something that affects 
his ministry, it affects his family, it affects his, uh, his job. All of these things were affected by David's sins that he committed here. And throughout that span, I believe he was miserable. And the way that, that it's worded for us here, I don't think he saw joy or gladness in that time. And a lot of people go through life miserable because of sin. But if God forgives your sin, you shouldn't be miserable about it anymore. I know people that, that they've never asked God to forgive a specific sin in their life. They've just held on to it. They drag it around with them and they make it the reason why they can't do whatever. Well, if God says He'll take it as far as the east is from the west, that He'll put it behind Him and never look at it again, that He'll forgive you and cleanse you uh, and make you righteous, that should bring joy into our life. That should bring gladness into our life and it should open up the opportunity for us to give thanks, for us to see that God truly is uh, as good as we say He is and even better. When you think about God, and we've talked about this a lot too, but if you'll read your Bible and, and learn about who God is and what God is capable of and how much that God loves you, it's hard to not look at God and be thankful. Yet there are things that we allow into our lives that, um, that for times keep us from, from giving thanks to God in all things. And those things are just four of the things we looked at today. Bitterness, pride, worry, and sin. And I'm sure there's other things. Uh, we're talking about things that, that, that keep us from being completely, fully following God. There are many more things we could discuss. But in my opinion, these are things that many Christians deal with. And we have these issues. And now if we, don't, uh, if we don't take care of them, if we allow them to be in our lives, then we will not be able to give thanks. I look back at the year that God's given us and all the, the great things that God's done. We've seen the church grow. We've seen several baptisms um, we've seen young people saved. It's been, it's been great. But it wouldn't be hard for us to look back and, and find things to complain about and find things to focus our time and energy on that weren't great. Because if you look in our world, <laughs> there's some things in this world that aren't great. Some things that have gone on in the last year that haven't been awesome. Um, but God has been awesome. We used to sing a song in youth group and actually we sang it in our church in Wisconsin as well. But my God is an awesome God. And He really is. And there's no reason for us to not be able to give thanks. But the things that keep us from giving thanks are things in our lives that shouldn't be there. Including the things that we talked about uh, today. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It's God's will. Clear as day that you give thanks in all things. So find... Uh, find time to give thanks to God and daily find ways to, to give thanks. In your trials, find ways to give thanks. In your hardships, find ways to give thanks. And if you realize and you ask yourself each day, have I given thanks to God? And if I haven't, why not? It could be because there's something in your life that you need to get out of your life. And it could just be because you haven't been committed the way that you're supposed to be um, to doing the things that God's told you to do. The simple things like giving thanks. Uh, like studying the Bible, like praying. If you pray to God, I promise you, if you pray every day, it'll make it a lot easier to give thanks to God. If you don't talk to God for several days, you'll give thanks when you do pray, but uh, if you're just praying on a regular basis, it's gonna, it's, it'll make it really, really easy as well. So back to the simplest of truths, right? Just, just do what the Bible says. <laughs> just obey, and, uh, and all will be well. Um, 
in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Lord, help us to be thankful. Uh, help us to not be distracted by the things of the world. Uh, help us to not be distracted by even the hardships in our life. But Lord, that we would continually give you the praise and the honor and the glory that you deserve. And Lord, that we give you thanks. There is so much for us to be thankful for. And I pray that you would help to cleanse our lives, Lord, cleanse our hearts of things that should not be there. Whether it be the four things that we talked about today, or maybe it's something else that you've placed on our minds today. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to clear our, our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we'd be truly focused and surrendered to you, and that we'd follow you, and Lord, that we'd obey you, even in these things, these simple things like giving thanks uh, daily. So Lord, help us. Um, uh, Lord, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for cleansing us. Thank you for renewing our spirits. And God, I pray that you would help us to focus on those wonderful attributes of yours. Uh, Lord, that it would help us uh, to be thankful in all things. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I won't do an invitation today, uh, but uh, hopefully if the Lord spoke to you about something this morning that you do need to get taken care of, I pray that you'll do it here this morning.